This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. What he does is he invites, he exhorts, and he gives warning. Now you know what the Bible has to say. Here is the warning. The warning is do not drift away. Do not drift away. We must give the more earnest heed. We must listen carefully to the things which we have heard. What was it that they heard? The early Christians, the Hebrew Christians, they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews takes the time to warn those early Christians not to drift away from the gospel they had heard. Why would he need to warn them of that? Because it's possible to drift away. When you grow careless in your walk with Christ, you can easily drift away from the truth of the gospel without ever noticing the growing distance. In today's message, Pastor Eddie is going to share the same warning with you. Are you listening? Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 2. As he begins his message, do not neglect salvation. The writer of Hebrews, right in Hebrews chapter 2, he says, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proven steadfast in every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. After the writer of Hebrew used these Old Testament passages to complete his argument that Jesus Christ is better than the angels, now he's going to give us a warning a warning. As a matter of fact, for you students that are taking notes, the book of Hebrews has five warnings, five warnings. So this is the first of a series of five warnings. We see it here in chapter two, verses one through four. We also we see it in chapter three, chapter six, chapter 10, and in chapter 12, five warnings. And so the writer of Hebrews still will continue to write about the supremacy of Christ, that he is better, he is greater, he still has angels in mind, but he's taking a little break, a little pause, being inspired by the Holy Spirit to give us a warning. One thing for sure that we must understand and, you know, take heed is that the Bible, the Word of God, is filled with warnings. The Bible is filled with warnings. Every single one in the Bible is spoken by God. It ought to be taken seriously because God doesn't make empty warnings. I don't know if you have, you're a parent or you have parents and you, know, you tell your child, if you don't stop what you're doing, Junior, you're going to get, I'm telling you, I'm going to count to 20. 
you know? God is not like that, by the way. God doesn't make empty threats, okay? And the warnings are to be taken seriously. We may have read a sign that gives us a warning, and we may not pay attention to it and just avoid it, continue on, and get away with it. Someone may give you a warning. We may not take heed and continue on and get away with it. However, know for sure that God gives warning, and it's serious, and there are repercussions if we don't take heed. We must understand the warnings in the scripture. The word of God is filled with warnings. There are warnings about false prophets, false teachers, and false teachings. There are warnings about Christians being deceived. We're going to touch more about this uh, throughout the study. Warnings about the trials and tribulations we will go through because we are believers in Christ. Warnings of God's coming judgment. We see that all over the Bible. But when we get to the book of Revelation, we'll see the ultimate judgment there. There are warnings about how we as Christians ought to walk, live, and act. And then there is a warning that we find here in our text. The warning about drifting away. And that's what our text is about. This Drifting away. And so... We read the text. Let us now study the text verse by verse. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. It begins with one word that says, Therefore, therefore, for you students of the word of God, whenever we come across the word therefore, we must ask ourselves, what is therefore, therefore? Well, in light of what the writer mentioned in the previous chapter, chapter 1, he gave us seven passages we just went through them in light of the fact that Jesus is greater than angel he said therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away get your mind off angels get your mind off all these uh, spiritual realms that people are caught up about in those days the the early readers of the book of Hebrews were primarily Jews that's why it's called Hebrews and they had this fascination about angels so he's, he's letting them know you came to faith in Christ and you have this thing about angels Christ is better than angels so now that I prove to you throughout scripture that Jesus is better than angels he's saying you must give earnest heed to the things which you have heard lest you will drift away and the writer of Hebrews obviously you could tell that he was a good student so if a good student become great teachers and a good teacher does more than lay out the facts lay out the proof and that's what he did here now a good teacher after giving the facts giving the truth what he does is he invites he exhorts and he gives warning now you know what the bible has to say here is the warning the warning is do not drift away Do not drift away. We must give the more earnest heed. We must listen carefully to the things which we have heard. What was it that they heard? The early Christians, the Hebrew Christians, they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were saved. They found Jesus, the Mashiach, the Messiah. And now that you found the Messiah, take heed of what you have heard. You're now Christians. You are followers of Christ. And obviously because they are followers of Christ, they are going through intense persecution. They were being persecuted by other Jews, family members, ostracized. They, you know, the Jews, if you were a Christian back then, Jews would not sell to you. They would not even buy from you. They wouldn't give you a job. Your family disowned you. 
Some families would even have a funeral, meaning that they totally disowned them. And so they were suffering intense persecution through Rome and other Jews. And many of them were, were tempted to go back. Some, sadly, some have. And they're going back to Judaism. They're going back to their old ways. They are drifting away, drifting away. The writer gives us this nautical metaphor, you know. It gives us a picture. When he says drift away, it's, it's a nautical term. And he gives us a picture of a boat with an anchor. Whose anchor, the anchor actually broke loose. And, and it's loose. It's not really anchored to the ground of the ocean. And now it's dangerously drifting away. And that's the image he gives here. But we could also apply. and We could actually fit into that picture ourselves personally. When trials and tribulation comes barreling into your life, you're going through so much. All of a sudden, what can I do? Am I anchored in the word of God? Am I anchored to Christ? Or am I going to allow this anchor that I have to be broken loose, not anchored to the word of God or to the Lord, and drift away? I want to be anchored to the word. I want to be anchored to Christ. So he says, Give the more earnest heed. It's like really, really pay attention to this. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is here. You are born again. You have a new life in Christ. Our fathers and forefathers, the the prophets spoke of this Messiah. He is the Messiah. He fulfilled all 300 messianic prophecies. Jesus Christ is the one. Take heed that you do not drift away. In verse 2, he goes on to say, for if the word spoken through angels prove steadfast. Now the word if, when he says for if, it's in the first class. Meaning it's not if you do this, then this is the opposite. But if is really the word in the Greek meaning since. So it should be read since the word spoken through angels proved steadfast. And they did. And it's not the words of angels. There's no book of angels by the angels. Okay, because we don't listen to angels. They're messengers of God. Unless they're sent by God. But we already know that the rite of Hebrew began opening his letters. says we no longer uh, listen to angels. <laughs> In the past, we heard from the, the fathers heard from the prophets. Now we hear through Jesus Christ. We have the word. We don't need an angel to tell us anything because we already have the word. It's right here. It's on your lap. It's on your phone. It's on your tablet. You don't need an angel. And so, the word spoken here, it was steadfast. It, it proved steadfast. What is the word that he's referring to? The word here is referring to the law. The law, the commandments. And, and so, the law was given by God, used through angels, and even given to Moses. Yes, Moses, at the end of his life, in Deuteronomy chapter 33, it says here, The Lord came from Sinai and drawn on them from Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousands of his saints. The word saints there in the Hebrew means holy ones. From his right hand came a fiery law for them. Angels. It goes on to say um, in, in Psalms 68, verse 17, the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of thousands. It's innumerable. It's talking about the whole angelic host. The Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. They were there. 
Acts chapter 7, verse 38, it said, This is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke. Now, this could be Christ or angels, is in capital in some of your translation, who spoke to him on Mount Sinai with our fathers, the one who received the living oracles to give to us. Also in Acts chapter 7, verse 53, it says, Who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. Then in Galatians, Paul writes to the church in Galatia, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 19, he says, What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgression, till the seed, speaking of Christ, should come to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. And so the angels were there, And so the the writer of Hebrews says, for the word spoken, since the word spoken through angels proved steadfast. Now we have the law. And then it goes on. It says, in every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. And so it is true that the law, the law was spoken through the angels. It is true that the law is steadfast. It's valid. It is also true that the transgression and disobedience, sin, will receive its just word. It'll be punished accordingly. And that's another warning, if you will. That's not the main warning that we're going to talk about. But there are warnings. You break the law, you reap the, the repercussions of it. You are a lawbreaker. The laws were never given to us to complete. The laws were there to show us how sinful we are and how holy God is. Many of us know about the Ten Commandments, the moral laws, the Levitical laws, all the civil laws. A total of 613 commandments. That's why Israel uses a symbol of a pomegranate because a pomegranate is believed to have 613 seeds. Somebody in ancient time Of course, there was no TV, there was no video games, nothing. Sat down and count 613 seeds of this pomegranate when it was meant to be eaten anyway. But 613 laws, 365 do's and 248 don'ts. Can we ever complete even the first law? Is impossible. Is impossible. But again, it was never given to us for us to follow and complete because we can never complete it. It's just to show us how simple we are and how holy God is. But Jesus Christ, without sin, committed no sin, didn't break a single law, fulfilled the law and the prophets. But when we break these laws, there are consequences. You break one law, you are a lawbreaker. One law, that's it. You're a lawbreaker. And Paul tells us if you broke one law, you broke all the law because you are a lawbreaker. And you may say, well, I committed one crime. Well, you're a lawbreaker. <laughs> you know, you may not have a career in, in breaking the law, but nonetheless, you broke the law. Every single one of us has sinned. And there's consequences when we sin. There isn't a single sin committed by any man, from Adam all the way down to the last man that would be standing, whether there's, there's all the sins they've committed in the past, present, or in the future. There isn't a single sin that would go without punishment. God sees all things. He knows all things. In the book of Revelation, John describes Jesus as his eyes are like fire. So if you see a painting about Jesus with fire, that's not what it means. Allegory, meaning everything he sees, he's going to judge. And God sees everything. 
And that's what fire does. It purifies, it cleanses. Everything he sees, he will judge. And so there isn't a sin that will go unpunished. Keep that in mind. However, however, the sins that have been pardoned, forgiven, are for those who have repented of their sins and come to Jesus Christ. Sins are pardoned. We come to Christ. We, our sins are forgiven. Past, present, and future. We're not sinners in the sense we don't practice sin. But when we come to Christ, we no longer sin. We don't want to sin. We don't want to offend God. We want to, we want to glorify him. And so we sin no more. Now, when you become a Christian, you probably feel that you're sinning more. That's a good thing. Not that you're sinning, but that you know you're sinning. Because you're getting closer to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is bringing conviction in your heart. Say, listen, you know, before the cross, your BC days, you didn't consider that to be wrong. You weren't convicted. Now the Holy Spirit's in you. is letting you know, hey, you need to stop that. Or I didn't know this was sin. Well, now you know. It's a sin. But as believers in Christ, we're not sinners. We don't practice sin. But we do mess up, don't we? Is there a Christian here, born again, that does not sin? I'm glad you didn't raise your hand. Because <laughs> number one, you're just sick because you're a liar. <laughs> but we fail. But, you know, we come to Christ. And First John chapter 1 tells us if we sin, we, we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive. But there is judgment. There is judgment. If, you, if a sin is committed, then there will be the reward of those who sin. Verse 3, he goes on to say, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? He's talking to Christian Jews. Listen, we had the oracles. Jesus fulfilled the prophecy. Now we have Christ. How can we escape the wrath of God? We used to be stoned if we broke the law. They used to be stoned to death. Come during the times before Christ, Rome have taken the Jews' right to stone anyone who sinned. They couldn't stone, they couldn't take the life of anyone. And that's why, you remember when Jesus was in Jerusalem and the Pharisee, all his son, took this woman and threw this woman at his feet. And said, we caught this woman at the very act of adultery. And I got a question, how do you know where to find her? Nonetheless, they said, now Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Now they thought they were going to trap Jesus. Because if Jesus would have stoned this woman, he would follow the law, but he would break Caesar's law. He would be arrested. And if he didn't stone her, then he's going against the law. But Jesus, you can't outsmart Jesus. He wrote the law. He said, he without sin cast the first stone. And all you heard was boom, boom, boom. Rocks falling from the hands of those who were bringing conviction of this woman. They all dropped their stones and left. And Jesus tells this woman, woman, where are your accusers? And he said, they're not here. He says, neither do I. Neither do I accuse you. Jesus had every right to throw the first stone because he was without sin. But Jesus did not condemn him. That's why in John 3, 17, Christ did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. 
And so the law, that was the law. So now the law is passed. How can we neglect so great a salvation? The Old Testament transgression descends where they broke the law, they will be stoned. But you notice what the writer says here. The writer includes himself. You see the plural pronouns. We're going to see them, uh, you know, five times. in chose four verses. He says, we, we, we. And he's not speaking French. He's just saying, we. He is including himself in this. If, how can I escape so great a salvation? We found the Messiah. We found the truth. He's the fulfillment of the prophecies. How can we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation. And what is this escape? Escape from what? Escape from the wrath of God. A moment a child is born. Subject to the wrath of God. You say wait a minute. No because we're born into sin. A child is born into sin. But it's the grace of God. They're not the age of accountability. They would be judged righteously. God is a righteous judge. That's why the Jews have the bar mitzvah. Because the, you know, the, the parents would say, oy vey, oy vey, for the first 13 years. But after that, it's time for the bar mitzvah. No longer, he's responsible for his own salvation. He's 13 years old. He's a man now. He needs to answer to God for his own sin. How can we escape this wrath of God? We all are subject to the wrath of God. Before the cross, before you accepted Jesus Christ, you were subject to the wrath of God. The wrath of God that we saw at the cross when Jesus said, Father, is there any other way? Is there any other way that man can be saved? Is there any other way that we could be one with man? There is no other way. And he said, not my will, but your will be done. Your will be done, not mine. And he went to the cross. And he took on the wrath of God. The wrath that you and I deserve. The wrath of God. And he went onto the cross. The sins of the world were upon him. And never ever before has the father and son ever been separated. They're not subject to time. So when we say beginning, we have a client. We're subject to time. We have a beginning and an end. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're not subject to time. We cannot comprehend our mind around this. But thinking the fact that they don't have, they're not subject to time, they never were separated. But because of your sin and my sin, we separated the Father, God the Father and God the Son because of our sin. That's why he cried out, Father, why have thou forsaken me? Never, because he took on the wrath that you and I deserve. I'm Thanks for listening to Running the Race Radio with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie is leading us through a study of Hebrews. The series is called, Jesus is Better. And you might be getting a clearer picture of the supremacy of Christ. Jesus represented everything in the Old Testament and fulfilled it so wonderfully. Maybe as you're listening today, you're just now realizing all the different ways that Jesus proved to be the Messiah, to be the one that had been promised and prophesied about. Through these scriptures, you're coming to a better understanding of the love, the grace, the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to be for you. It's humbling, isn't it? 
May these teachings continue to bring you closer to the Lord as you see His heart for you. Running the Race Radio is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, look us up right now. Head on over to runningtheraceradio.com. Once more, that's runningtheraceradio.com. When you get there, click back to the homepage for more information about the church, including directions and service times. We'd love to invite you to come and join us on Sunday mornings. And for those of you who live further away, we're delighted to let you know that on the same website, you can find many other messages from Pastor Eddie. That's at runningtheraceradio.com. Well, thanks for joining us today. We've come to the end of our time together. We will be back again next time, right here on Running the Race. See you then.